podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Chris Paxson and Rose Spiller. Chris, do you know November 1st is one of my favorite days of the year? Why is that? Because Halloween candy is half price and I can start listening to Christmas music without people giving me a hard time. Rose, do you know why November 1st is one of my least favorite days? Why is that? Because I'm allergic to chocolate, so the half-priced Halloween candy doesn't do one thing for me. And because you start listening to Christmas music. Christmas music should not be allowed to be played until after Thanksgiving. I think not being able to eat chocolate has turned you into the Grinch. And I think eating too much chocolate has turned you into Buddy the Elf. Fair enough. Well, it's after Thanksgiving now, so we can both agree that we love Christmas music. We do. We may not agree on when to start playing Christmas music, But we both agree that there is something wonderful and special about singing Christmas carols, both old and new, year after year. Absolutely. Christmas songs are like our favorite comfy sweater. They evoke warm feelings of love, family, hope, and peace. Which is exactly why we decided to do an episode on some of our favorite Christmas carols. And full disclosure, our favorite Christmas carols are the ones that celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, not the ones that traumatize kids because their moms are making out with Santa Claus. Right. So, Chris, why don't you start us off? What's one of your favorite Christmas carols and why? Well, we're in the Advent season right now. And how can you think about Advent and not think about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel? Ooh, that's a great song. That carol was originally written in Latin as early as the 12th century and maybe earlier, but it was translated into English in 1861 by John Mason Neal. The words go, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. These words come right out of the book of Isaiah. Chapter 7, verse 14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. The prophet Isaiah was a prophet out of the northern nation of Israel, but he prophesied to both the northern nation and the southern nation of Judah. These words are a message from God to his people in Judah. They were going to be overthrown by the nation of Babylon and oppressed for 70 years as punishment for their disobedience to God. However, as God always does with his people, He does not leave them without hope. He tells them of a future time where there will be greater blessings than they can even imagine. This verse is a prophecy about the coming Savior and Messiah, Jesus. The people who were in exile in Babylon needed this hope to hold on to, to get them through the 70 years of darkness and oppression they were about to face. But we need it too. Even though we live on this side of Jesus' coming, we still need to hold on to the hope that His coming has given us. Emmanuel means God with us. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we not only have God with us, we have God indwelling in us. And we look forward with great anticipation to the day when Jesus will come again to rescue his people living in exile on earth and take us to live with him in his glorious kingdom forever. I love that. One of my favorite Christmas carols is Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. No matter how many times I hear that opening verse, it chokes me up with emotion. This carol was written in 1719 by Isaac Watts and it's based on Psalm 98.4. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in the joyous song and sing praises. But we can also get back to Isaiah and see some of this song's origins in Isaiah 9 verses 2 and 3, which says, 
The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged this nation and increased their joy. Still prophesying to the nation of Judah, Isaiah continues to give them hope for the future. While the current circumstances were miserable, the people had a reason to rejoice. There was a great light. Isaiah is talking about the coming of the promised Messiah, Jesus, as that light. He would bring his people hope and save them from spiritual death. In 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, Peter writes, Though you have not seen him, Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. A Christian's joy has nothing to do with our earthly circumstances. It's all about our relationship with Jesus and what he has given us and done for us through his grace, his death, and his resurrection. If you belong to Christ, there is certainly a reason to rejoice. Rejoice in his truth, rejoice in his grace, the glory of his righteousness, and the wonders of his love given to all who belong to him. Amen. Okay, my turn again. One of my very favorite Christmas carols is, What Child Is This? This carol is taken from a poem by William Chatterton Dix, entitled The Manger Throne. Written in 1865, the first verse is both a question and the answer. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? This is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. We can go back to Isaiah again to see the scripture that relates to this song. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Again, Isaiah's words to Judah give us hope today. When we're wondering what the heck our government's doing, rest assured, it's Jesus who is ultimately in charge. Amen to that. And how should we respond to this baby? Jesus has come for all of his people, the peasants and the kings. And in return for what he's done for us, let us bring him our very best. As the last verse says, Bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come peasant, king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. So beautiful. We can't talk about Christmas songs without including Silent Night. You know, Chris, I've been to a lot of different churches on Christmas Eve, and no matter where I am, every Christmas Eve service I've ever gone to ends with lighting candles and singing Silent Night. I love that. I love it, especially when it's at midnight for some reason. Yeah. Well, Silent Night was written in 1818 by Franz Xavier Gruber and Joseph Moore in the small town of Obendorf, Austria. It was Christmas Eve and the church organ was broken, so Joseph Moore wrote lyrics to a song that could be sung with just a guitar. Franz Gruber, the guitarist, composed the accompanying melody. Silent Night is the most beloved Christmas carol of all time. You can understand why. The words are so beautiful. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. But you know, Rose, I don't imagine Mary being in labor and having a baby in a stable full of animals was very calm. And I don't know many babies who sleep in heavenly peace. You're probably right. The first verse might be a little romanticized version of the events that night, but the other verses are pretty accurate. 
Shepherds quake at the sight, glory streams from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia, Christ the Savior is born. And then the other verse, Son of God loves pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Those verses made me think of the scripture verses from Luke 2, verses 8 to 11. There were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. But the angel said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That always makes me think of a Charlie Brown Christmas. It sure does. I never get tired of hearing that song, and I never get tired of hearing those verses. Okay, Chris, your turn to pick a song. Well, I'm going to choose I Wonder As I Wander by John Jacob Niles, written in 1934. The first verse says, I wonder as I wander out under the sky how Jesus the Savior did come for to die. For poor ornery people like you and like I, I wonder as I wander out under the sky. That song is hauntingly beautiful, but it might not be familiar to everybody. If anyone isn't familiar with it, I strongly recommend listening to it because the birth of Christ should make us stop and wonder. It should make us contemplate with all that God, the creator of the universe, would come to earth to be born in a lowly stable and with the very purpose of dying a brutal death on the cross so that sinful, ornery people like you and like I could have peace with God. The gospel message wrapped up in one song. Yep. Okay, Rose, you can do the next song. I'm going to pick Angels We Have Heard on High. Oh, that's a good one. That was written in 1863 by James Chadwick and Edward Shippen Barnes. The first verse goes, Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing over the plains, and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains. This is a reference to Isaiah 55:12. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. The chorus is beautiful too. Gloria in excelsis Deo, which means glory to God in the highest. You know, there's some really good newer Christmas songs too. Yep. And by good, you know I'm talking about the lyrics. So Santa Baby doesn't qualify. No, it absolutely does not qualify. But Manger Throne by Third Day is definitely one that does. The first verse says... What kind of king would leave his throne in heaven to make this earth his home? While men seek fame and great renown, in lowliness our king came down. So awesome. I love the chorus too. Jesus, Jesus, precious one, how we thank you that you've come. Jesus, Jesus, precious one, a manger throne for God's own son. I wish we could play this song for everyone. Sadly, copyright laws don't allow that. But we can talk a little bit about the meaning of it. A lot of earthly kings and even some biblical ones like Saul and David and Solomon did some exterior things to show their importance and their due as kings and rulers. But the real King Jesus never did anything like this, even though it was completely his due. These guys elevated themselves. Jesus humbled himself. These guys wanted everybody these guys wanted everyone to see that they were powerful. Jesus only concerned himself with what God saw. This is one of the reasons people failed to see Jesus as their king. He was unlike any king they had ever known or heard about. Manger Throne reminds me of one of my absolute favorite newer Christmas songs, How Many Kings. I love that one. What's not to love? The first verse goes, 
Follow the star to a place unexpected. Would you believe after all we've projected a child in a manger? Lowly and small, the weakest of all. Unlikeliest hero wrapped in his mother's shawl. Just a child. Is this who we've waited for? And the chorus. How many kings have stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that has torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. Gosh, I love that song. I really wish we could play it for everyone. Well, let's do the best thing again and talk about its meaning. How many kings stepped down from their throne? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? Jesus left everything in heaven. He stepped down from his heavenly throne to become a baby born in a lowly manger stall. The most unlikeliest Messiah anyone could ever have dreamt of. He came in a way that the world would never have expected. And why did he do it? Hebrews 12.2 gives us the answer. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What would make the King of Kings and Lord of Lords do what he did? It was the joy set before him. That joy was us. And while it couldn't have been easy for Jesus to forsake his glory and come to earth in such a vulnerable and humble state, it definitely wasn't easy for God the Father to send him, knowing that his only son would pay a horrific price for sin he never committed. As the song says, How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. This is straight out of the Gospel of John. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, for whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We hope we've gotten you in the Christmas mood. Our prayer for you this Christmas season is the same as Paul's in Romans 15.13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We would love to hear your thoughts on any of the songs we discussed, or if you have another favorite, let us know what it is and why. We wish you all a blessed, joy-filled Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas!